The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. Greetings, scribes. Just a quick break to recommend our recent sponsor's Book of the Month. Book of the Month makes reading better by offering members a few new book selections each month to help you cut through the noise, save time, and make it easier to decide what to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and picks five to seven of the best new books for you to choose from. All of these books are good, so you really can't go wrong. Book of the Month helps readers like you and I find books that we wouldn't normally discover on our own. The cool part is selections largely focus on new and upcoming authors in multiple genres. Book of the Month also recently launched curated audiobooks, so members can get a hardcover or an audiobook each month, which you can then download and listen to right in the app. This month, I chose A Little Supernatural Fair in Murder Road by New York Times bestselling author Simone St. James, described as the story of a young couple that find themselves haunted by a string of gruesome murders committed along an old deserted road in this terrifying new novel. Just go to bookofthemonth.com to pick your first book and join Book of the Month. That's bookofthemonth.com. And for a limited time, you can join and get that first book for just $9.99 with the code CHIRP. That's C-H-I-R-P. Enjoy. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Desmond really taught me about the power of story and also made me realize that when the creators put a piece of themselves into their work, it was more resonant and as a result, more authentic and more likely to be successful. And so I was always asking people, what's your story? What's your story? And one day, um, this Southern California rock band that I was managing, they asked me, they said, Ruta, <laughs> what's your story after 20 years? And, and they had, no one had ever turned the table on me. And it was that band that encouraged me to say, hey, you know, why don't you write about your own story? And that resulted in my first novel, Between Shades of Grey, which was published back in 2011. And it, the whole thing changed my life. And welcome back to The Writer Files. I am your grateful host, Kelton Reed, wishing you pages, patience, and perseverance per usual. Number one New York Times bestselling author, Ruta Sepetti spoke to me about what she learned of the music industry, secrets to strong, vivid writing, and her nonfiction debut, You, The Story, A Writer's Guide to Craft Through Memory. Ruta is the award-winning and internationally acclaimed number one New York Times bestselling author of historical fiction, published in over 60 countries and 40 languages. Her acclaimed crossover YA literature includes the Carnegie Medal-winning Salt to the Sea. Her latest is the creative guide to writing, You, The Story, a writer's guide to craft through memory, which provides aspiring writers with a roadmap to crafting compelling stories by encouraging them to look inward and excavate their own memories in order to discover authentic voices and compelling details. In a starred review book list set of the book, part writing guide, part memoir, Zepetti's fresh, fun handbook is all inspiration. In this file, Ruta and I discussed what she learned about storytelling working in the music industry, 
why she's drawn to underrepresented stories and history in hiding, how to discover the four H's of the excitement of life, her intense research process for each book, why writers need to examine their own lives for authenticity, and a lot more. Stay calm and write on. And don't forget, you can always support this show by heading to writerfiles.fm, where you can also sign up for email updates and other resources for writers. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click follow to automatically see new interviews in your podcatcher as soon as they're published and drop us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to help other writers find us. Okay, we are back on The Writer Files. I am very honored today to be joined by an esteemed guest. We have the number one New York Times bestselling author, Ruta Sepetis, is joining us. And um, yeah, how'd I do on that one? It was perfect. Your pronunciation was great. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, So glad to hear. Um, Yeah, I can't wait to talk about all things writing and the writing life and um, kind of uh, the run-up to the release of your latest. But yeah, how are you feeling over there? What uh, What's the vibe? And uh, what are you, uh, yeah, what are you working on now? Well, I'm working on a project now that's actually a collaboration. And it's, um, it's I've never, although I've worked in writing groups for nearly 20 years, I have, you know, writing partners. I'm actually working on a book with another uh, author, uh, Steve Schenken, and it has been so incredibly fun. And we're coming to the end. We've got a draft, and we're in, you know, edits and revisions right now. And our deadline to send it to uh, our publisher is uh, April fourteenth. So it's a pretty exciting time. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so what? How does that process differ? Because with the, it must take some of the load off of like the editing and revision piece, or is it is it twice as tedious because you have to run everything off of somebody else? No, for me, I can't speak for all writers, but for me, it's exactly as you described. It's it's easier, and we're constantly working together. We're constantly editing each other's pages and giving each other suggestions, and it's super fun. Uh, it's a historical fiction, you know, uh, novel, and you know, just kind of brainstorming things together, having plotting sessions, and but I mean, I spent. 22 years in the music business before becoming a writer. And I, I knew many songwriters who they were not into collaborating at mm. all. I mean, they, mm-hmm. that was, so I understand it's, you know, each person has their own process, but I love collaborating for me. Writing is a team sport. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Well, I, w- I would love to talk a little bit more about that. Of course, I'm very fascinated by your career and your journey and path to historical fiction and becoming an award-winning um, novelist and now uh, venturing into some nonfiction um, creative uh, writing guide. And uh, I want to talk about you, the story, but take us back a little bit before we do and talk about this fascinating uh, career turn that that uh, it brought you to number one New York Times bestseller. But um, yeah, what, what, you know, where did you come from in the, in the music industry? I worked in artist management and I owned a small company representing songwriters and rock bands, musicians, film composers, uh, video game developers. It was a, a very small, like kind of boutique company. And a song to me is a three minute story, uh, three or four, depending what, what song it is. Freebird is a lot longer, but um, it's a story. There are characters, there's a plot, um, there's a voice. 
So it was a really great training ground. And I was very fortunate to have as a mentor, Desmond Child, uh, who is has sold over 300 million albums. And he's a hit songwriter. And I was his assistant very early on, even his intern. And Desmond really taught me about the power of story and also made me realize that when the creators put a piece of themselves into their work, it was more resonant and as a result, more authentic and more likely to be successful. And so I was always asking people, what's your story? What's your story? And one day, um, this Southern California rock band that I was managing, they asked me, they said, Ruta, <laughs> what's your story after 20 years? And, hmm. and they had, no one had ever turned the table on me. And it was that band that encouraged me to say, hey, you know, why don't you write about your own story? And that resulted in my first novel, Between Shades of Grey, which was published back in 2011. And it, the whole thing changed my life. <laughs> yeah, so that's amazing. Um, it set you on this path. And of course, you've written five novels now. You're described as a crossover novelist. Talk a little bit about that because it's an interesting descriptor um, for an author who has written some YA stuff and for the most part, um, you know, I understand your, your mission is kind of that you're, you're drawn to these underrepresented stories and, and you put as like history in the, in the hiding. That that's exactly it. I am. I'm drawn to those underrepresented stories and, and because they're underrepresented, I really want the stories to make their way to young people. They are the ones who are going to carry our fading stories into the future but I am considered a crossover uh, novelist. My books are read by students and teenagers, but also by adults and even used in you know, retirement facilities, uh, in book clubs. So I have a really wide readership. Now, in some countries, um, uh, like Italy, I'm only really an adult author. And same in Brazil. My books, um, they feel the books are too, maybe too dark and sad to appeal to teens. Um, but it's really up to each publisher in each country to decide how they're going to present and market the book. But I would say in about 25 countries, I'm crossover. And then in, mm -hmm. in the other 25 countries, I'm either just a teen author or just an adult author. That's, that's really interesting. Um, kind of delineation there within the, uh, in the publishing industry, of course, you could talk a little bit more about it, but um, yeah, I mean, that's it's pretty amazing. I think you've been published in over sixty countries now. I know, yes, and you know, but in saying that, I can't take credit for that. I mean, I really have to lift up the translators that they are giving me a voice in these other countries and other languages, and I've been so fortunate to meet so many of them when I tour uh, overseas and. My big mission is that I want the translators' names on the cover of the books. And on some of my editions, my publishers have acquiesced and said, okay, we'll put the translator's name on the cover too, but not, not in all countries. And I really want to give translators the credit that, uh, you know, that they deserve. Very cool. So, uh, you know, you have won quite a few awards and some prestigious ones, um, including the Carnegie Medal. But uh, yeah, talk a little bit about that, what that journey was like for you. And I don't know, do, do, do you feel like moving forward in your career that it was just time to turn to nonfiction um, to share some of, you know, I don't know, the uh, wisdom and the inspiration that you've gleaned from 
the last uh, five novels? Well, I mean, you mentioned things like, you know, the Carnegie Medal. And, and when, when I won those awards, people would often ask about my process. And they know that I'm taking these underrepresented stories, that I'm working with true witnesses to bring those, you know, to blend their stories and weave them into fiction. And after so many people asking about the process, um, I decided to write a book about it because I firmly believe that the elemental building blocks of story, we can find them within our own life, setting, plot, characters. We all have characters in our life. Um, And what if we turn to those for initial inspiration? What if, if through, you know, our recollections, if we can use our own feelings and emotions to help dimensionalize our writing. And I was inspired to write a book about it, which, yes, is nonfiction. And fortunately, my publisher, Viking, uh, which is a division of Penguin Random House, they were up for it. So, um, so we took a go at it. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Yeah, and that book is You, the Story, a Writer's Guide to Craft Through Memory. And, you know, it's been likened to books in the spirit of uh, Bird by Bird by Annie Lamott. Did we say Annie? Uh, I'm sure if you're you're friends with her. (laughs) I I know of her, but... But I've never met her, so I, for me, she's she's still Anne. You know, maybe one day if I'm if I have the good fortune to meet her, we can both right. call her Annie. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Anne Lamott's Bird by Bird, uh, Sharon Jones' Burn After Reading, and even Stephen King on writing, um, which every writer probably has, or I hope they have, sitting on their shelf somewhere. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, well, that's so cool. So um, yeah, so I understand that. Um, this is a kind of a blueprint or roadmap for aspiring writers to crafting compelling stories by encouraging them to look inward and excavate their own memories in order to discover authentic voices and compelling details. And it is great. Uh, I, I am really already getting some fantastic uh, inspiration and wisdom from it. Thanks for sharing a copy. But uh, yeah, talk about the genesis of the book and, and what, you know, kind of Again, what inspired you to sit down during a pandemic and kind of reflect or genuflect? And, and yeah, reflect on the on these things. I real like I said, I really believe that um, some of these building blocks are within our own lives. But but for some people, it's it's not as easy to recognize and identify story. And I want them to know that story is everywhere. I mean, every item in your home or in your office, there's a story behind it. And no, it might not be a fascinating story, but everything has uh, a story. And if I go into, if I go to an estate sale, for example, which I do a lot, I get a lot of inspiration from estate sales and thrift stores and 
Uh, the other day, I went into the Goodwill and I found an old Vivitar, you know, point and shoot camera that had film still in it. <laughs> oh my gosh, what is the story? What's the story there? Is is it, you know, Kevin and Cassie's wedding? Is it Spring Break, Panama City, nineteen eighty five? Like, what's <laughs> what's the story on there? So of course, I had to find someone who would develop it and and. I'm really interested in things like this, and I wanted to help readers and aspiring writers identify and be able to harness story, and but even more so to assure them that my thought is that writing well is less about you know where you've traveled or or what you've experienced or the pedigree. No, it's more about your emotions and your feelings and how you express them on the page. And that if you've, if you've felt deeply, then you've lived deeply and you're a courageous person of deep experience and that's something worth writing about. So the, the structure of it, super, super simple, um, very lighthearted. This is a book that I'm, I'm hoping that you do not have to be pursuing an MFA uh, to read this book. This book is, it's a crossover title. So people in high school will be, you know, reading it. Plot, setting, character development, voice, um, revision, uh, perspective, you know, point of view, things like that. And I approach each topic. And because I'm so adamant that sharing our stories facilitates human understanding, I had to take the vulnerable path of, you know, sharing some of my own uh, crazy stories in this book to illustrate different structure forms. And then um, they, I follow each chapter with writing prompts and recaps and, you know, some little research uh, gems to uncover and discover. Yeah, for sure. Um, and who doesn't love a writing prompt? Honestly, I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just something to get you going, right? Because really, um, I think invaluable when it comes to just that spark of inspiration, you know, and whether or not you use that for a larger piece or, you know, you know, just gives you the inspiration to write something new or different. Yeah. Or even think about it in a different way. I'll ask you and your audience, if a story or a book was written about your life, what would the title be? What would the title be of your story? I mean, that alone just, you know, it it really just gets us thinking and, and, oh, wow, you know, what would the, uh, what would the title be? And you know what? The titles change, don't they? I mean, a title, when I was working in the music business, let me tell you, that would have been a very different title than <laughs> perhaps what my book title would be today. But like you, I really love writing prompts. Well, talk a little bit about, I mean, you described this a little bit in the, in the introduction and, and it seems to kind of drive the work, but talk about the, um, the waves, the, the idea that exci- the excitement of, of life dwell- dwells in the four H's. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The, I call them, you know, the H's and the H's are, are like heartbreak, hope, um, humor, uh, humiliation. I think that some of our, our, our best writing tools are, are there. I know for me, if I'm writing about a character who is heartbroken, I can easily reflect back to those times. Um, when I felt, uh, when I felt heartbroken, or like I say, the, these, these very um, vivid emotions. 
they help not only the, to dimensionalize the work, but also to help our voice, how we're expressing ourselves. And uh, yeah, and so I'm encouraging writers to revisit those, those H's and maybe look at the experience from a different altitude, from a different perspective. And hey, we all know there are some memories they're just not worth returning to. So <laughs> let's put some of the, some of those as, aside, right? But, you know, for the ones that are worth ret- returning to, what if we can look at them now from a different angle and question like, hmm, did we really, did we really understand the perspectives? I use in one of the chapters um, some of my really bad dating experiences as an exercise for character development to look <laughs> at these, these dates and like examine them as archetypes and think, wow, could any of these people be characters? And I realized that as I was returning to these memories to, to invent these characters, things that once seemed, I don't know, sad or terrible or painful, actually now I was able to laugh at them, which, which told me that I was, you know, not only looking at them from a lived experience, but maybe a healed experience. And so it was interesting for me even to revisit some of these memories. A valuable and probably invaluable, uh, piece of, you know, just life advice that, that life is just kind of always in motion and looking back, um, gives you a completely different perspective. Um, and of course writers need to have experienced some feeling, some depth of feeling (laughs) in order to kind of, uh, I don't know. Um, was it, was it Hemingway that said, all you have to do is, uh, put a piece of paper in a typewriter and bleed. <laughs> exactly. That, am I butchering that one? No, no. But, <laughs> but, and, and I think though that some people, that might frighten them. Don't you think? That if they think, oh my gosh, I have to reveal all of this stuff and I don't want to do that. I don't want to reveal that because that's part of my personal experience or it involves someone else. And in the book, I'm giving examples of, how we can either flip the perspective, how we can um, fictionalize some of these experiences uh, and and just different techniques that I hope might uh, give people creative courage and maybe pull some of the fear, uh, you know, out of it for those who don't want to just, you know, bleed (laughs) and and suffer on the page. Yeah, no, and I think, you know, it, what, what I always come back to is, you know, finding that deeper understanding through storytelling really is like the heart of kind of empathy and why why we are drawn to stories, whether they be the kind of eternal love of just romance, I guess, um, it kind of pokes through there because like who, who hasn't had a first love or, you know, hasn't had their heart broken or. Yeah, you're so right. And that, and that perspective and, and that empathy, I mean, writing and reading gives us a chance to use those greatest tools that we have as humans, right? To look through someone else's eyes and consider their heart. And it doesn't matter if it's through a fictional story or a memoir or when we feel a connection to a character or a setting or an experience like that, we will, we will walk beside that character for hundreds of pages, you know, feeling their joy and their fear 
And that's, you know, the, the essence of, of the human experience, I think. And that's something that reading and writing gives us. Well, lots of great uh, takeaways of, of your own personal experiences. Um, I thought um, it was fun to learn that you had a bail bondsman on speed dial. Um, that's a good factoid. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> working, in, working in the music business in LA and, and in the 80s, I was one of at the time, there were a few female managers, but not many uh, of us. And and for you know, fortunately, I signed a non-disclosure. Otherwise, I'd be <laughs> spilling all of these um, these stories. And when I do read stories that are set in like a rock and roll atmosphere or something, yeah. I can tell right away if they really if the person really had experience or uh, or if they if they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I immediately thought of Daisy Jones and the Sex. I don't know. If you've read it, but I'd be I interested. have, and I've seen the series, and I thought that you know the 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 creators um, Scott Newstetter and Michael Weber, they did such an amazing job of constructing taking the book and constructing a series so beautifully in a way that deepens the character development and deepens the experience. And I read the book and loved it, and I connected through the series in a, in a different way. Like, as you were saying, through the romance, mm. through the chemistry, I thought it was all heightened in the, uh, in, in the series. And it was a great book to be an amazing book to begin with. So. Very cool. Well, uh, I know we have a limited amount of time and I am, um, excited to definitely share, uh, you, the story, a writer's guide to craft through memory and, um, not necessarily, for a young adult audience, right? It's it's kind of it's kind of universal. It's kind of universal, and, and my publisher, um, this is definitely being promoted at more to uh, an adult readership because some of the anecdotes that I share are probably <laughs> not as appropriate for the younger set. <laughs> yes, um, and some fantastic anecdotes, as I uh, mentioned. But yeah, a how-to book for aspiring writers that encourages you to look inward, ex- excavate your own memories. Um, again, to discover compelling details uh, that, that could uh, be the just the fuel that you need, right, for your creative process. Yeah, it's it's in there. It's in there. And if we can open the door to memory, even if it's just, you know, think of the very first classroom you remember. I mean, that's an exercise in setting and world building, isn't it? I mean, the very first classroom you walk in, what do you see? What do you smell? Like, were there windows? Um, where was the teacher's desk? You know, what did the teacher smell like? All these sensory details. And once you begin those exercises, it's just such great composting uh, hmm. that you can do for writing material. Yeah. Crisp for the mill. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and composting. I like it. Well, um, yeah, I talk, you know, if you could just, you know, I know you, you talk about your, you've talked about your process quite a bit in the past. And, you know, you talk kind of about getting, how you get into flow state and how you avoid writer's block, but talk a little bit about kind of just the difference between writing nonfiction, that's a little bit more personal, but obviously a, a how-to, and uh, versus, you know, kind of getting into the, um, obviously a little bit more, I, w- I would imagine a little bit more, more researched uh, world of historical fiction. Yeah, it... it- for me, it definitely is very uh, research intensive. I spend five to seven years 
uh, on each novel that I write. And so I have to work on multiple projects uh, at once. And my process is I start with the reading first. I want to read all of the nonfiction, the memoirs, the academic papers, everything that's been written on the topic. So I can build, so I can gain a different altitude and, and build a perspective on the topic that I'm taking on. And then the other reason I do that is because the next step is to travel to the place where the event that I'm writing about occurred and interview the true witnesses uh, or survivors or family members of victims and sit down with them and listen to their stories. And I probably interview anywhere from 75 to 100 people per project. And then I braid together their testimonies and their stories to create composite characters. So in doing that, instead of just taking one person's interview and, and adapting that into a character, with this composite technique, I feel, I hope, like I'm representing a larger human experience by putting together these um, composites. I, uh, I'm definitely a rewriter more than I am a writer. I write so many drafts and I love the revision process. Like many writers, drafting, you know, I mean, I enjoy it, but it's, 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 that's the tough part. But revising is the, the fun part. And for me, that take, you know, the book takes shape in the revision. I've been part of the same writing group for 20 years. They see my pages before my agent or my editor. They give me feedback. I revise. I have then beta readers. I have some teenagers um, in high school programs who read for me and write readers' reports. And mm. then the, uh, the experts and the historians uh, in the field of, of whatever the topic is that I'm writing about, you know, they also are consultants and they read and give me feedback. So like I said, it's really a, a team sport. But in terms of process also, I, uh, I don't outline too heavily because history provides the outline for me. Um, I know exactly the dates and what's going to happen. And I'm, my creative process comes with the characters and the character uh, developments. And I end up writing very dialogue heavy first, almost as if I'm writing a screenplay. Mm. Um, so I'll, I'll have all of that dialogue down before I uh, really go back and, and, you know, finish fleshing out everything. That's cool. Well, that and so many other um, of your, so much of your wisdom is, is poured into you, the story, a writer's guide to craft through memory writers. You can seek that one out. It will be available May 16th. 2023 and um yeah thank you so much for sharing all of this wisdom with us uh beautiful cover by the way for oh, the book thank you i have to credit my publisher and the art director Teresa evangelista for creating such a gorgeous cover i will i'll be on tour for the book i'll be doing some writing workshops um you can find me on social media i'm rudis sepetis or if my website easier url history is hiding.com if you want to catch up on the road or take part in a workshop along the way. Very cool. Yeah. So maybe just your last pro aspiring strategy on just how to persevere, how to keep going. Well, I would say that, that, you know, even on the days when you don't feel like a storyteller, you have a story. And for those of you who are, are writing fiction, don't forget to look to your own life and your own experience for these essential building blocks. Putting a piece of yourself into the work 
um, will really make it so much more resonant and appealing. It'll feel authentic because it is, because a piece of you is, is in there. You're putting a piece of yourself on the page. So don't be afraid to, to dig in. That's it. Life is story in motion. Thank you so much, Ruta. We appreciate your time, your wisdom, and uh, we wish you the best of luck to come back in the future. I would love to. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us for this file. And if you're a fan of the show, simply head over to writerfiles.fm for more. That's writerfiles.fm.